Welcome to episode 130 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, and Shanghai Disneyland. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us on our website, tdrexplorer.com. We're also across social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, all under TDR Explorer. You can find us there. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer, and I am the one eating all the seasonal food in the park. And I'm pretty sure I'm all there, you know, know, since like last episode, it was kind of (laughs) up in the air, but whatever. Anyway, uh, you can find me on my personal Twitter and Instagram at Explore Nelgay, and that's Explore N-I-L-G-H-E. And joining, as always, is Patricia. You guys... I'm never all there. I'm always like in a state of perpetual <laughs> panic. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, and you can see my perpetual panic on Twitter and Instagram at Dream Sweets Love. Uh, but we have a fun episode. We have a fun episode because you don't have to be in a state of panic when you're visiting Japan because we're going to give you some advice today for your first time visit. Yeah, so this episode we're going to um, we're going to talk about what to do in Japan for the for first timer. So outside of Tokyo Disney Resort, because we talk about that quite a bit, of course. But like, what do you do outside of the park? So we're going to go over some things to do if it's your first time here. So grab a pen and paper because we're going to be throwing a lot at you. But before we begin, really want to talk about our Patreon so thank you to everyone who is contributing to our Patreon. Thank you so much. You do help keep the show running. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash TDR now. And we have a bunch of different rewards for different levels that you do pledge. Um, one that we haven't done in a while is the $75 level where you get to tell both Trish and I what to eat at the park. So if you pledge that, you get to tell us if you want us to go, I don't know, drink all the cocktails at Disney Sea. We'll go do that for yes, you. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it it sounds like Trish needs a drink. Um, so it's golden week. <laughs> it's golden week. And then we'll talk about it on the show. So if you'd like to see that happen, make sure you go and pledge that seventy five dollars. And again, that's patreon.com slash TDR now. And before we get into our main topic, I'm going to shamelessly plug the ebook again because I know you love hearing about it. <laughs> our ebook for Tokyo Disney Resort 200 pages of awesome content. I pretty much did a brain dump into this book, and you get to learn everything about Tokyo Disney Resort. If you don't know where to start, start with the ebook. Seriously, we've sold over 800 copies. 800 explorers have decided to make their trip planning so much easier with this ebook, and everybody loves it. So make sure you go and check that out. If you want to get your copy, you can go to tdrexplorer.com slash ebook. And thank you to everyone who has bought it so far. Thank you so, so much. It really does mean a lot. All right, so let's get right into this because this is going to be a long one. This is going to be a long one. What to do so in Japan? Yeah. What to do in Japan for first timers? 
where do we even begin? Because there's so much to do in this country. I know, like, you and I have lived here for quite a while, and we haven't even, not even close to doing everything in this country. People will always, like, we have friends that come to visit, and I'm like, oh, I've never done that before, even though I live really close, or, wow, I've never heard of that restaurant. It's, like, a really famous restaurant. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, how I've do you find that. this stuff out? <laughs> and I, I hear these things, and I think... Oh, I did not know that was a thing. Or I heard about that and I've always wanted to do it, but I just never did it. Um, I guess that's one of the downsides, one of the very few downsides of like actually living here is you kind of, I don't want to say take things for granted, but sometimes we kind of do. Because we always think, oh, yeah, we have got time. We'll do it. We'll do it another time, another time, another time. And then that time never comes. But it's also like really interesting because like what's popular with like foreign tourists is really different from what's popular with local people. So I'll hear like completely different things that I've never heard local people mention. And like, like my friends will have no idea of local things. So we'll usually do like a crisscross of like what they're interested in. Plus what's hot right now with like people actually living in the city, you know, which is kind of fun. It's a, it's a very different, different diamond dynamic, I guess. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, so why don't we start off with Tokyo, the biggest of them all? Man, Tokyo has There's like Tokyo has like lots of little cities inside of it. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo is just a bunch of cities, <laughs> smaller cities. They're all they all have their different personalities. They'll have their different draws, their different things to do. All the like, there's so much to do. Like we could be here for hours talking about it. So we're just gonna go over some of the more well known ones mm-hmm. and give some information on maybe the not so well-known ones as well uh, to kind of help you out. Um, so people always, uh, one thing that I, I get asked a lot and I'm sure you do as well. Like how many days do you spend in Tokyo? Oh man, I never know that's what a, to that, say. That's yeah. a tough, that, that's a very tough one. It, it, of course it really depends on like your budget, how long you have time off. Do you re- do you want to travel to other parts of Japan? There's a lot of factors. Like, you could easily spend seven days here in Tokyo and not even scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously going to be going to Tokyo Disney Resort. So you're going to have to shave off, like, a lot, at least three or four days for that. So that might eat into your time at Tokyo. So really does depend. Seven days is a good place to start and just kind of work from there. Yeah, if you like, could, I think that would be really nice. Yeah, like seven days, I would say seven days minimum, if you can, if you can swing that. Um, But of course, if you're going to other parts of Japan, you're going to have to figure that out. But we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. So yeah, Tokyo, where should we start? I don't know. Let's start with Asakusa, because that's like the, the tourist, that's the image of, on all the guidebooks is the big lantern, right? (laughs) Asakusa, yeah, big old, big old Asakusa. It's it's a nice area. It's a, it's a nice area, well known, and it has a lot of traditional Japanese temples, gates, and all those things, like everything that you've seen in movies or saw in the guidebooks. Um, and a lot of people describe it as it's the Kyoto of Tokyo, in a very small area. Man, I feel like that would make a lot of. Kyoto people really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say that before, and I thought, okay. <laughs> They're pretty but, intense Kyoto people. 
<laughs> yeah, people in Kyoto are very proud of yeah. Kyoto. Um, With good reason, of course. No, but, but yeah, yeah anyway. you can actually do a lot of the like similar things that you can do in Kyoto. Like you can ride um, rickshaw, you can do the rental for the yukata. Um, there's a lot of tourist-centered things in Asakusa. So if you go to like the tourist information thing, there's a lot of like free activities that you can probably find out about and and get involved with like whether it's like making food or making some kind of craft or something like that or some kind of dance or cultural activity so you should always check out the information center when you go as well um what what do you what do you uh do when you bring friends over to asakusa um so we do the of course we do the sen the sensoji temple oh for sure yeah like that like that's the main draw and all those little shops All the little shops along the way there; those like are really nice. There's like a lot, lot of little trinkets and stuff for souvenirs, and there's also food like ice cream and Japanese sweets. Um, and then, of course, at the at the front of Asakusa is the Kami Nari Mon, which is the big gate with the big lantern in it and everything. Right. Really, it's it's gorgeous. It really is. Um, so that's like the main draw that a lot of people go there for. Um, and then, of course, around it, there's all these little shopping streets with, uh, again, lots of different sweets. You can buy so many sweets. souvenirs. Oh, yeah, yeah the food. Sweets. You have so much, like, so budget much food. food, and it's so good. Yeah, you just, uh, Japan, it's really hard to find bad food in Japan. It really is. Um, there's tons of different food. It really depends on what you're in the mood for. If you want something sweet, there's ice cream, there's pastries, like fresh pastries, um, manju, or if you want manju, or if you want um, something more savory, there's there's tons of things in the area See, there. It's like um, like the rice crackers, like they actually like cook the rice crackers right there in front of you. They're so good. Oh, that's so delicious. Uh-huh. Um, there's also like if you're really into sukiyaki, the original like the the Imahan building is there, and the building itself is actually really cool. And it's so, so delicious. Sukiyaki, a little more expensive. Go for lunch. Try lunch menu. It's a little cheaper. But it's so, so delicious and worth it. I would check out Imahan in Asakusa. And then, of course, right in the air, well, not right in the area, nearby is the Tokyo Sky Tree. Yes, which, okay. I love Tokyo Sky Tree. I know, like... I, I know it's not for everyone, but I really, really love it. I love the little area around it, Skytree Town. I love going up the Skytree. I love going up to the top, like the very tip-top level. And they always have really, really cool events. Right now, actually, there's an Avengers event, and they have it lit up in the Avengers colors. And there's like an Avengers exhibit at the top, which is really cool. And they probably have like a stamp rally going on and a special menu. So go to the Skytree, you guys. Tokyo Tower, not too into. I know... It's like a classic thing, but inside it's kind of boring. Yeah, unless you're really into Sailor Moon and want to go to where Sailor Moon like lives or like lives nearby in the in the cartoon, because <laughs> Sailor Moon like she's featured on the or like you see Tokyo Tower and Sailor Moon a lot. Oh, um, so they're trying to get I people can... to go there. No, skip. Tokyo yeah, so Tower. go go see it on the sightseeing bus. You don't need to go. Yeah. there. don't waste time. Go to Sky Tree. <laughs> to- Tokyo Sky Tree, and there's also uh, the Pokemon Center, the Tokyo Sky Tree. Um, they have um, a store where you can buy the fake food and like fake food kits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's so fun. Like we always buy like we always buy some of those like to bring as souvenirs, like the parfait kit and like the shaved ice food kit and stuff like that. Hmm. So yeah, Asakusa, you get traditional, the very traditional, you know, thing that everyone imagines, and then also the sky tree. <laughs> Best of both worlds, you guys. Plus, if you're going back to the resort, you can take a bus from the sky tree directly back to the resort. So easy peasy. Boom. Um, and then we can kind of hop on over. Or actually, no. Let's kind of let's kind of stay in the general area. Let's um, go to Ginza, uh, Ginza and Yurakucho. And that's that's where I live, um, close to. So uh, coming from the Kale Line again, coming from like around the resort area, you take the Kale Line, which takes you to Tokyo Station, and you think, oh, Tokyo Station, right? But uh, the exit for the Kale Line is actually right around Yurakusho, which is closer to Ginza. Um, rather than the Tokyo Station proper, because it's quite a little trek to the main part of the station. So, right at that exit, you have Yuraksho, and you have uh, Ginza within walking distance. You have the Sony building, which is under construction, but that's okay, because at the Nissan Crossing, which is also a really cool new building, and you can see lots of neat cars, and you can drink a latte with a car or with your face on it, uh, they have the Sony showroom, and you can check out all the Sony stuff there if you're into that. Uh, what else do they have, Chris? What do you like to do in Ginza with uh, friends that are visiting? I just like to walk around, mainly because like Ginza is like a, a high end shopping area, so I'm not really into that all that much. So, but I do like uh, the the newer mall that I think opened last summer, I believe, the Ginza Six. Ginza Six is really cool. That's um, nice. I, I like that mall. It's Very got nice. a nice rooftop. It has a really great basement area for food. And a really neat bookstore with some um, exhibits that they switch out every few months, which is really nice. Mm. There's a lot of like a lot of the taller buildings you can go in, and then if you go like to the top, there's a lot like like um, like places to look out into the city. Like Ginza Six has that, like a rooftop garden, um, and a lot of these other bigger buildings also have that as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's a good place to go shopping, especially if you're into the higher-end shopping. Oh, for sure. Um, and like, you know, Gucci, Prada, like those kind of... Those are those are the type of brands that are there. Especially at, at Ginza 6. Ginza 6 is very, very high-end. Um, yeah. If you want the classic Japanese department store, and if you've been to Epcot, you probably want to go here. They have a Mitsukoshi uh, department store, um, which is a really famous... Uh, Japanese department store, which you can also find a branch at Epcot Center at Disney World. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Hakohinkan is a really fun place to go to in Ginza, the big toy store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that place. That place is great. Uh, lots Great for souvenir shopping. All the souvenirs, all the toys. Um, lots of fun <laughs> stuff. And um, speaking of souvenir shopping and new buildings, sorry for jumping around. Um, in between Yurakusho and Ginza, there's a Tokyo Plaza which is right next to where the Sony building is, is right across the street. They have an entire floor um, pretty much dedicated to um, like fun tourist stuff and things that are actually made in Japan. I think it's like the sixth floor or something like that. As you go up, you'll find it. There's also a really nice cafe on that floor. Uh, so, so, so many great souvenirs and things that are definitely made in the country. So if you want to bring something back and say, this is actually made in Japan, you can buy it there. And they have a whole duty-free floor as well. So check that out. Uh, for shopping and for another cool new building. Oh, okay. And one more thing. <laughs> um, 
again, talking about food, uh, I think we talked about this on the bonus episode, um, which if you're part of Patreon, you can listen to the bonus episode. But uh, <laughs> we talked about parfaits. And um, Japan is really famous for these amazing parfaits. And the, uh, the what's it called? The home, the, like the main store for this fruits parlor, Sembikia, is in Ginza. So Sembikia Fruits Parlor has these incredible fruits parfait with like really fancy fruits and it's a little pricey but it's worth it it will change your life and it's a very ginza experience um check it out no matter what sembikia fruits parlor and you'll you'll feel a little ginza style there as well and there's also mango curry which we talked about in the <laughs> in the bonus episode. Oh, so <laughs> um, and one last thing. Um, this one is not so um, like on the main path, but it's also um, I know uh, different people from different countries have, have requested to see it. And it's a really, really cool gallery. Vanilla Gallery. Have you heard of this, Chris? No, I haven't. That's new to me. It's really it? cool. It's a very tiny gallery. It's basically like a tiny, like two tiny rooms, basically. And um, they've had they have really unique art exhibits really small unique art exhibits like they've done the serial killer art exhibit and um they had one of like the the guy i forgot his name sorry my my memory is like destroyed from golden week um the guy that did the artwork for alien do you remember his name i can't remember Mm, but they had like his artwork uh there they have like i think like this really cool spooky doll exhibit right now (laughs) so it's a really really cool unique gallery uh very very small um so you have to uh find it first using google maps but if you can find it it's a really really interesting experience and surprisingly part of ginza which you would not expect from that area no you wouldn't that's strange (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, Ginza, and then kind of going up a little bit up to Ueno. Yeah, Ueno, that's fun. Ueno's nice. Ueno, there's a Ueno Park, which is gorgeous and really gorgeous in the spring, but also very busy because of the sakura. Mm-hmm. There's also the zoo there as well. They have pandas. Really cute. The baby panda. The baby panda's not so cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's also in Ueno Park, they have a large concentration of museums yes yeah go to all the museums a whole bunch so if you're like if you're a museum person you can kind of do a museum circuit in ueno so they have the tokyo national museum the national museum for western art the tokyo metropolitan art museum and the national science museum so if you're into any of that that's a really good place to go and also there's a very famous shopping street called Amiyoko, uh, which just has like little shops. There's people selling fish and food, and there's like street food and little shops with souvenirs. And there's like some discount stores as well that have like just, you know, t shirts and stuff in bins. You just kind of have to rifle through these boxes and you get like cheap shirts for like you know, a couple hundred yen or whatever. And there's like arcades, like with video games and stuff. And there's, you know, of course there's Starbucks and McDonald's and stuff around there as well. Um, it's a, it's, it's a nice area to go to. And it's in, like, it's more, it's more in the Northern part of Tokyo. So it's kind of up, it's a couple stations down from Asakusa. So they're very close to each other. Mm-hmm. 
and then I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to stay like kind of like work my way logically so I'm not jumping all around Tokyo because it's it's pretty easy to do that should we mix should we mix um the Omote Sando Harajuku Shibuya because they're all kind of like like it's all kind of like one area even though it's like three separate areas yeah they kind of are so yeah um well, let's start with um Harajuku sure yeah let's start with Harajuku so everyone's heard of Harajuku or Harajuku um you know the Gwen Stefani song <laughs> <laughs> um it's like aimed at youth very young mostly young women like in their late teens early 20s you know the image of Harajuku is people dressed up in crazy outfits and everything that used to be the case, but not so much anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's kind of gone to the wayside. Yeah. Um, it's not that you don't see those kind of people dressed up like that. You just don't see a lot of it anymore. Well, the styles kind of, change, right? So. Yeah. It's kind of it's that, that crazy style that you've seen in movies or pictures of and stuff. That's not as common anymore. But it's still a really nice place to visit. Um, of course, the biggest draw is Takashita Dori, uh, which is the big shopping street, which is, I'm sure you've seen a thousand pictures of um, standing at the front of the street, looking down, and all you just see is a sea of people. That's accurate. Yeah. That's pretty much how it <laughs> is, how it especially is. <laughs> on the weekends. Um, there's tons of shopping down there, like, and they're very well known for their crepes. Yeah. There's tons of crepe shops, so just pick one. You can't really have a bad one. Uh, you can have crepes with cheesecake in it or chocolate, whipped cream, ice cream, blueberries, strawberries, whatever. Or you can get one with tuna and mayonnaise or ham and cheese. <laughs> and, like, everything's very colorful. So you can get, like, rainbow cotton candy or rainbow ice cream or rainbow grilled cheese sandwich. So lots of colorful food. Uh, Denkyu soda, which is colorful soda in a light bulb. Yeah, there's pretty much anything trendy, it's going to be there. Hiterjuku is very trendy. Like, they're they're on top of trends. And they may even make some of them. <laughs> like, if you go there, you may witness some trends before they're even a trend. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because Hiterjuku, a lot of things are started there. They really are. Um, And, of course, there's, uh, like, cat cafes and stuff like that. They're... Uh, Porcupine There's a Disney cafes. store. Oh, the, yeah, the Disney store uh, aimed at Disney older women, like not older women, but like women in their twenties versus like kids and teenagers. Uh, well, it's yeah. teenagers, teenagers and women in their twenties, right? Yeah, that it's one. it's aimed at it's aimed at that demographic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Harajuku, um, and then also in the same area, like literally side by side, is Amotasando. Which is like a higher end Harajuku. It's like it's fancy as, Harajuku. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not as fancy or as as fancy as Ginza. It's pretty fancy, Chris. It's it's pretty fancy, but I wouldn't say as fan. Like it's it's fancy, yes, but I don't know. Like the image when I think of Omotesando, I don't think it's as fancy as Ginza. I think because when you think of Ginza, you think of old people fancy, and Omotesando is more yeah. like wealthy younger people trendy like more but like more trendy wealthy it's I pretty guess. it's pretty wealthy 
that area. Yeah, like it, they they kind of have the same brands there. Like there's mm-hmm. Prada, like all those really big brands are there too. The Apple Store, blah 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 blah. Um, but in Omotosando, there's like there's a couple like side streets mm-hmm. that have like a lot of really trendy, um, like foreign. Um, bakeries and restaurants and brands, they kind of tend to go to go to Omotesando. A lot of the so artists like, are living there, like designers. Um, you can get like custom made jewelry there. Um, like you said, Omotesando is about the back streets. The back streets yeah. are far more interesting than the the main street, which main, is like your street. like your usual fancy street in any like high end part of the city. But the back streets are where the really interesting shops are. Yeah, so take the time to kind of explore the back streets like there's a, it, i'm pretty sure it's called cat street there's like that long it's like a street that kind of just goes right through Omotosando. and there's a lot of really trendy like coffee shops and like little bakeries and um what's that uh, uh, I, I can't believe i didn't write this down the the bakery angelo and whatever his Dominique name is Ansel is behind louis yeah. vuitton so behind the louis vuitton building one street back yeah, so we have a lot of stuff like that in Omotesando. And um, uh, that's where they used to have uh, Omotesando coffee with a K. Uh, unfortunately, that closed. That was a really interesting story. So, And that was one that actually tourists would come specifically for. It was this pop-up shop where this guy uh, got this house that was originally going to be torn down. And it was supposed to only be open for a year. And he um, made this special, uh, like this coffee shop where he like kind of like sourced all the beans and everything. And there was only like, I think like two or three types of coffees uh, being sold. And um, the design was very like minimalistic. And it was literally a house in a residential area. And um, that was so popular. And people come from all over the world to go there um, that they they got special permission to keep it open, even though the house was supposed to be torn down. And um, that eventually had to close. But in the same uh, area, they opened a new shop for coffee beans. Um, and they have like these uh, coffee beans sourced from around the world and a very high end, but um, kind of like they have some some different things that are unique only to that store. Uh, maybe worth checking out and kind of to see where the old Omotesando coffee used to be. Uh, I would really recommend it. And you kind of get to see that residential side street area. That's kind of cool about that area. But yeah, it's a really, really neat place. A lot of good coffee shops, like Chris said. Yeah, trendy coffee shops. A lot of trendy ones pop up there. Um, and then right, I guess, like at the end of Harajuku, at the end of Omotesando, is the Meiji Shrine. I love Meiji Shrine. That would be my main reason to go. Yeah. Quite honestly. So you can kind of you can kind of like do a trifecta. You can do a very very traditional Japanese experience with the Meiji Shrine, with the temple and the gates right in the middle of the city. It doesn't even feel like you're in the city once you go in cuz the trees are so high and so thick. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you're in the city. You're in it a doesn't feel world. like you're in the middle of Tokyo. Yeah. So you can do that, and then you can go to Harajuku, which is completely different contrast to the Meiji Shrine, and then head over to Omotesando. So you can do this in all this like really small area. Right, and then the, the third part of the area is, of course, Shibuya. Yeah, so if you kind of like make your way down, uh, you can also go through Yoyogi Park, which is a gigantic park in Tokyo, very popular, um, especially in the spring. Uh, it, it's very popular year-round. 
But yeah, you can move down to Shibuya, which everyone has heard of, especially The Crossing. You have that, to see The Crossing. It's in all the, the movies, crossing. right? Yeah. The, um, it's also known as The Scramble, mm-hmm. The Shibuya Scramble. Um, that's how a lot of Japanese people refer to it as um, just like Scramble. Because it's essentially what it it happens when the lights change. You just turn to this big scramble is essentially what it is. And I guess like with Shibuya, the imagery is like neon lights and loud music and the crossing and everything. And that's exactly what it is. It's as advertised. It's a lot of, and it's people, one of those things a where a lot of shopping, tons of shopping, tons of eating. That's kind of what all these areas kind of revolve around, but they'll have their kind of personality in a way. Shibuya is just like busy and Shibuya is, I guess like one of the things that most people think of when they think of Tokyo, they think of that, I would say. Um, of course, Shibuya Crossing was also used in, um, I think of Tokyo Drift, the Fast and Furious movie. Um, I know a lot of people think of that as well. Um, yeah, tons of shopping and... It's just it's just fun to kind of wander, just wander the streets and just pop into a building and see what you can find. Uh, there's a lot, there's like arcades and stuff to play video games. There's, uh, like I mentioned, tons of different restaurants. So whatever you're whatever you're in the mood for, there's something there around around the area. Um, if you want to get like a really good view of the air, like of the to- of the scramble from like a, a, a high vantage point head over to the hikarie building it's a great building which is kind of behind shibuya station mm-hmm. um if you look up you'll see it it's pretty tall and i believe it's the 11th floor you go on on or 11th or 21st i can't remember and i couldn't find exactly which one it was but it's on the same floor where all the the theaters are because they do like uh, musicals and live theater there the orb theater yeah 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 that was the name i i couldn't find it for some reason. It's a really great anyway. venue. If you want to see, if you want to see a show when you're in the city, I would really recommend that vid- that venue. Yeah, check out the orb. They they always have something going on there. But if you go to that floor with the with orb, um, the orb theater, there is like the walls are all glass, so you can see out into the street. So there's like a nice little corner where you can go and you, can, you have this really nice high vantage point of Shibuya Crossing. You can sit there and take pictures and stuff. And there's so also, to, um, because not, like not a lot of people go there unless you're seeing a show. So like if you want to, like if it's like a really busy time, you can kind of like escape, get the view. And then there's a little coffee shop up there, which shouldn't be crowded at all. What's a coffee shop? I think it's like Orb Coffee Shop or something, like Orb Theater Orb Coffee Shop. shop. <laughs> and, and there's a fancy Lawson. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. There's the fancy, the fancy loss and convenience store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but the coffee shop has really, really good coffee, and um, not usually not crowded. Hmm. Yeah, the Shibuya is just neon lights, loud people everywhere, very energetic. Oh, and of course, you have to see the Hachiko statue, oh, of course. which is like the, the, the famous dog. Um, it does get very crowded. Um, so if you need to meet people, don't meet people there. Yeah. <laughs> meet them somewhere else. Um, some other landmark. Usually an- another popular place is at the right in front of the Starbucks, which is across the just across the the crossing, the scramble there. 
Um, and then you can also move up to Shinjuku, which is just a little north of Shibuya, Harajuku, Motosando. And that's another uh, place kind of, I don't want to say it's similar to Shibuya, but it kind of is like tall buildings, neon lights, loud people everywhere. Um, of course, this is where my beloved Toho Cinemas is with the Godzilla. <laughs> Love it. Um, also, the infamous robot restaurant is there. Okay, word of warning about the robot restaurant. <laughs> it's in a really shady area. Like it's, it's in the red light district. It's so shady that there's announcements on loudspeakers going, don't follow anyone into buildings if you don't know them. <laughs> So yeah, just I've seen people bring kids there. You. Don't bring kids there at night. It is like it's not a place for kids. So, um, but I've seen because of the robot restaurant, people bring kids there at night. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't when, do like it. when I when people ask about the robot restaurant, I always say, yeah, like it's for the most part, it's kid friendly. Like some the of robot the restaurant is fine for kids. Yeah, some of the performers wear lower cut tops, but that's really nothing. No, people bring too kids there. Presumptuous. That's fine. But yeah, like there's a. There's an early show, like yeah. four o'clock, four or five o'clock. That's totally fine. Do that yeah. if you have a family with kids. Avoid the later like, shows. Even as just... adults, I would avoid the later shows because that area is really <laughs> like that's the only time I feel slightly uncomfortable is in that area. It's mm. it's really shady. Like it's a little yeah. I just ignore well because I, I kind of go there all the time. That sounds really once bad. you get to, no, but once you get to the main street, it's fine. Like the area where the movie theater is, it's a totally different world. Yeah, like I don't usually deviate from there because I'm not, I have no interest of going to the other parts. Exactly. At night. Yeah. No, my husband brought us one night. He's like, let's go to the robot restaurant, and I start looking around and go, this is not because it was the sun was setting. I'm like, you know, this is not a place for kids right because we had our, our son with us and he's like no no it's fine i'm like no it's not and then the announcement's like like in, it's, i think it was in japanese i don't know if it was in english it was like don't follow people into buildings watch your belongings and i'm like oh my god because <laughs> japan is very safe like it's not it's not and it's not like compared to like a dangerous area in other cities it's not that dangerous as, as long as no. you like mind your own business but like it's it's for japan it's shady yeah, which is, you know, it's not, it's not that bad, but yeah, just be mindful of where you are and don't really, don't, don't follow people into the buildings. Don't talk to strangers. Essentially, yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, other places in, like other things in the area, like there's a Mario Kart VR, which is in Shinjuku too. That's cool. Um, the Shinjuku VR zone. So that's real, that's, that's very family friendly, of course. So do that. Definitely do that. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mario Kart VR, you can't go wrong with Mario Kart, like. You just can't. Um, Shinjuku has tons and tons of shopping, like all the other places. Um, I go shopping in Shinjuku all the time. I love it. They have a lot of special events in Shinjuku. Anything new, anything now is going to be in Shinjuku. Yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of interesting, like all these different neighborhoods, like they have like their thing. And like Shinjuku is like, yeah, something that's like brand new or something like that. Shinjuku does it. For some reason, I don't know. And like amazingly tall buildings. I mean, Shinjuku is a really neat area. You have to go no matter what. Yeah, definitely, definitely go there. Um, then there's also the Tokyo Metropolitan Building. I put museum for some reason. Tokyo Metropolitan Building, the government building that it, it's free to go in, and if you go early enough in the day, uh, you might be able to see Mount Fuji. Cool. Like it's a it's a really good place to see the city. Without having to pay anything. 
is... It's a bit of a walk from the station. It's probably about a good 15-minute walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's free. Like, you can't complain with that. No, man. That's that's awesome. Is, yeah. is Roppongi Hills close to Shinjuku, right? Or no? Uh, not really. Probably about a 15-, 20-minute train ride, like, or subway ride. Um, oh, also in Shinjuku, before we move on, Golden Guy. Oh, of course. Golden Guy's of the very famous and well-known little area with all the tons of different little bars. Like some of them may only have four seats. So um, it's become very popular amongst tourists and it's it's a lot of fun. I've gone there a couple of times, pop into a little place. Um, it's really hit or miss if people are going to speak English or not. But hey, that's all part of the experience. Um, if you want to, you know, try out different beers and, and uh, cocktails, sake, wine, all those things, you'll find it in Golden Guy. And Golden Guy's safe. It's not. It's outside the red light district, so it's not shady. No, it's really, like red, it's like, really shady. Uh, not sorry, not shady. The opposite of shady. People go there. It's very touristy. Um, a lot of restaurants will not take kids, so don't take kids um, because, uh, in general, they're not allowed because they're very small local um, restaurants and bars. So, but a really delicious food, good drinks. You have to go. Oh, did we mention the name of the red light district? I don't think we did. It's uh, called Kabukicho. Oh, is that the name? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the red light district is called Kabukicho. Just so, just so everyone's aware of that. Um, all right. Got to move down to, I think, Rapungi Hills in Tokyo. I only have, the only thing I do here, again, high-end shopping. So the only thing I really do here is, um, is uh, they'll do like special events, which are kind of cool. Um, but they have a... Uh, the Mori Art Museum, which is like fantastic. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, people come from all around the world for these exhibits that they host, uh, modern art muse- uh, museum exhibits. They have a really great view of the city. You can either go on the roof or um, you can do the skitty- city skywalk. Um, so really great museum and place to go for good views. Yeah, it, it, it's a very businessy area as well. Like that's where a lot of the large international companies are. Mm-hmm. So you'll see like companies like Konami and things like that there so there's there's a lot of like expats that live in that area that work for these large companies too um so there's a lot of like international food like there's um the frijoles burrito restaurant that only has i think two or three locations in tokyo and they're they're like all in that area and there's like tons of different food and stuff like that um one word of warning, though, about Rapungi. Well, Rapungi, not Rapungi Hills. Yeah, very but different. Rapungi itself. Yeah. Um, I'd almost argue it's almost more dangerous at night than the red light district. I would avoid Rapungi. It's such a big party area. Yeah. Um, that's where a lot of like military people go out to party and stuff, and you can kind of imagine what goes on. So if you're into like you know big parties and stuff like that, Rapungi is a place to go. But just be mindful. Keep your wits about you. People have been known to, you know, have things slipped in their drinks and their cards stolen, things like that. So just be mindful of that. So be careful. Like Japan overall is very a very safe country. But of course, there's instances where it's you just have to be smart. Yeah, you will. You will have your credit card stolen and you might get drugged. So, yeah, Roppongi, avoid like the plague. It is, yeah, it's like the like a black hole in Tokyo. Roppongi Hills is fine. Roppongi Hills is really nice and fancy and pretty. Roppongi itself, no bad place. Super shady. Yeah, avoid that at night. And gross, yeah. 
no, no Roppongi's. Um, okay, so one more place in Tokyo, then we're going to move on to Kyoto and Osaka. Um, Akihabara. Akihabara the, uh, is is a weird city because it's kind of changing lately. Yeah, it's kind of changing from what it used to be in, into more like a... I don't know how to explain it. It's more... I don't want to say cleaned up because that kind of makes it sound like it was a bad area. Well, no. It wasn't a bad area before. That's what they're trying to do, though. They're trying to clean it up. <laughs> they're trying to make it like more, I guess, tourist friendly. They're trying to make it more business friendly and commercial it's become very touristy um very more commercial yeah touristy commercial kind of because like back in the like years ago like i remember visiting there back in like 2003 and it's it was very like geek culture oriented like anime and adult entertainment of course (laughs) um like, you know, movies and manga and magazines and things like that. Um, but also, like, little tiny electronic stores that sold, like, parts for very specific electronics. Like, if you needed a part for something obscure, you'd be able to find it in Akihabara. Yeah, they, like, before it became, like, this kind of, like, pop culture place, it used to be, like, wires and, like, all these, like, like you said, like, little parts, and that's all it was. And and then it kind of became like this pop culture place, and now it's like a touristy place, and now it's also going into the shady zone. Like my husband went there um, the other night, and he's like, "Man, it's getting really creepy in Akihabara at night." So I would kind of watch out at night a little bit lately. It's getting kind of weird, um, but they're trying to clean it up, and they're trying to make it um, less of a fire hazard. Because a lot of those buildings were really old buildings and they would have staircases that would lead you to a floor that you could only get down by elevator or something like that So it, to get to a different part of the building. So it was like basically fire traps. Um, and they're trying to tear those down and kind of like like you said, like clean it up a little bit. But it's kind of like in, a sh- like a, in between being shady and getting cleaned up right now. It's like it's a weird – it's in a weird zone. But you can still find – you can find a lot of touristy stuff. You can find um, video games and comic books and uh maid shops yeah the maid cafes cafes. um so like if you're into obviously if you're into anime video games um things of that nature they're definitely going to be in akihabara there's shops that have all this stuff so you just kind of pop into any store and they're going to have something of that nature in there um if you're familiar with the idol group akb48 they came from Akihabara. They even have a theater in Akihabara where they perform every single day. Um, if you're into that, you can see a bunch um, of sweaty guys practicing outside of the store, being creepy in general. Yeah, that's kind of little. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> but and also the main cafes. I've done it once. I probably want to do it again because I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> we always take first time visitors to a maid cafe because I feel like it's kind of something like, you have to do. It's yeah, like I, I went once and it's not like that I had a bad time, like it was perfectly fine. It was just I understood what the girl was saying to me and the language she uses uh-huh. made me feel uncomfortable yeah. because the way they talk to you, they talk to you like you're their master. Yeah, it's creepy. Or, or something like that. So like the language she was using with me essentially would translate would translate into like, yes, master, whatever you say. <laughs> and like I that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's really And of course creepy. if you're if you're, you know, someone who doesn't understand Japanese, then you're not going to, like, that doesn't, that probably won't bother you. Because you're probably not going to understand what they're, like, the the whole nuance of it. But um, 
I like I did, and it was just like I felt really uncomfortable. I think it's but. it's really interesting to look at the people around you because yeah, there's a lot of like middle aged really men, weird people. They'll have like binders with pictures of the girls, <laughs> and you can tell they're regulars. And it's like it's definitely an experience that you should do to see a different part of the country that you know, like it's not like the the part that they want you to see you know so it's kind of like clean. just it's kind of like an interesting experience uh the food is cute <laughs> um, it's not the best food it's not the best food but it's sometimes cute um yeah but you should probably go at least one time especially if it's the first time visiting we always take people because it's yeah it's like going going creepy. once is fine yeah um there's a gundam cafe too there's a lot of themed cafes there there's like a gundam cafe there's a Final Fantasy cafe. Right, um, right. And they do like special cafes for certain video games or anime series. They do that usually in Akihabara. Um, it's also a really good place if you're really into gaming on your PS Vita or your 3DS. A lot of people tend to gather outside of uh, Yorobashi Camera, which is like this gigantic seven or eight story building that's just all like like electronics and things like that things of that nature. So a lot of people tend to congregate outside and you can, you know, battle people with like um, Pokemon or whatever game you're playing at the time. There's probably somebody in that area also playing as well, which is really cool. And then like another side of the city that is, is kind of like a newer side, which is really nice is that it's kind of like trying to grow its arts community and its local artisan community. So if you go to um, in between Akihabara station and it's like, Okimachi yeah, it's Okamachi or something like that. So it's called Akioka Artisan 2K540. So in between those train stations, there's like this part under the train tracks. And it's really, really cool looking. It won this design award. It's different artisans um, and their crafts, whether it's leather work or, um, or crystal or anything that is like handmade. You can find there. You can talk to the people that actually make it. And um, it's really, really cool and um, a really beautiful area and very unexpected for that area, I think. And another place, again, right at the, the edge of Akihabara, um, where you, you'll see all this crazy neon and then you'll see this really old, um, what used to be a, tra- a train station, what used to be Mansei Bashi, Bashi train station, um, one of the oldest train stations in the city. Um, it was closed. It used to be a trade museum. And now it's this really fashionable uh, shopping area with some great craft beer. Uh, you've got um, the old parts of the building are preserved. Um, so you can see actually they'll have like some glass panels revealing what the under the un- the structure underneath looks like. Um, you can see uh, the old uh, staircase where you could go up to the train tracks and then you can actually go where the platform used to be and um, they have like a little garden and some glass covering and the trains still pass by it and there's a little cafe yeah, up is, there. That is really cool. I love I, I love going up there and just sitting and just watching the trains go by. And yeah, and it, it's, it's like fun. you're in a different world. It's the history. If you love train stations, they have a little shop that has books about the history of the train stations in that area. Um, it's just a really, really neat like little escape from Akihabara if the neon gets to be too much. Yeah, it's it's like a really like different contrast. Oh, for sure. <laughs> from Akihabara, which is really cool. But yeah, like that's one of the great things about Tokyo. There's so many different things to do in the city. Like there's just and like everything that we listed, like this is like 
a fraction, if that, of all the things you can do in Tokyo. Um, like we haven't even be like we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. But most of the stuff, like this, is stuff that you know you would read in the guidebooks and stuff, uh, and a lot of things that people people know about, I guess, for the most part. Um, so yeah, that's Tokyo. I think we covered everything, right? I, I think. So. Well, I mean, there's well, some like, other places which, personally, I don't like to go, but I know tourists go to, like um, Ikebukuro. You know, I feel like Ikebukuro uh, almost feels like fake Tokyo. <laughs> Ikebukuro. <laughs> you know That's what more I mean? like uh, Ikebukuro is more for like the women who are nerds. Oh yeah, it's like that now, right? Yeah, it's like the yeah, women it's kind nerd of like community aimed at that. Yeah, we're like Akibara is for like the guys who are into like the anime. Ikebukuro yeah. is for the women who are into anime because um, there's a like a, a genre of anime called boy boy love, boys love or something, where it's it's like it's exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> it's you know, and, and Japanese girls love it for whatever reason. And well, hey, there's whatever. also like it's kind of interesting because like Akihabara is kind of like going through this transition time. So I I think there's been like a crackdown on like the cosplay where people dress up in costumes, but in Ikebukuro, I think a lot of that kind of moved up there for a while, and then maybe yeah, it's moving somewhere else place. now. But yeah, but they uh, still have because like a sure. lot of that moved up to there. Because I have a friend who does that, and she was kind of like talking about like that how it, it kind of like had to move there for a while because they had cracked down on it in Akihabara so there's that that kind of happened but like I feel like Ikebukuro feels like fake Tokyo because there's all this touristy stuff and it's kind of like just far enough that it feels like it's not in the city but it is you know what I mean yeah it's, it's like you got like the aquarium the and you got like the um, the what's it called the 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 game town what's it called Nam Namco town Namba or town, like that. yeah and there's J world which is like anime like an anime theme park in a way it's like it's if you want something that doesn't have a ton of tourists, that's a good place to go because a lot of tourists don't go there. It feels like no a ghost to town. There. That's the thing. It's like such a weird area. It freaks me out. It's like a ghost town and it's got all these touristy stuff, but it's also kind of empty. <laughs> Every time I've gone, it's always been very busy. Like, I, I kind of like going to Ikebukuro, to be quite honest. It kind of freaks me out. There's something about yeah. that area that freaks me out. I don't like it. All right, so yeah, that's Tokyo. We could talk forever about that, but we should move on to Kyoto and Osaka. So, uh, just a reminder: we're like we're focusing on things for first-time visitors to Japan. Um, Kyoto. So, if you hop on the Shinkansen from Tokyo, you're going to head over to Kyoto before you go to Osaka. <laughs> Kyoto, everybody has Kyoto on their itinerary. Most people do. And for good reason. Kyoto's gorgeous. I've I've been to Kyoto, what, three or four times now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something like that. I've pretty I've I've done every like pretty much everything in Kyoto. Um I remember going there when I was like a, a exchange student and remember seeing like there wasn't very many tourists there at all. It used to have like times where it was empty and I feel like those times are all gone. Gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like things in Kyoto, there's there's tons to do. It's like the place to go for traditional Japanese pretty much everything. 
<laughs> they have the shrines. They have the, there's the golden temple. Um, well, the gold temple and like geisha and these small streets with these traditional buildings and everything. Like, it's just like that, like encompasses like old Japan. And it's kind of cool like, because like the way Kyoto was designed. So like if you visit Tokyo, it's really easy to get lost in the city because the city was kind of designed as a maze. Um, but Kyoto is the complete opposite. It's, it's designed kind of close to Washington, D.C., where it's a grid. So it's actually very easy to get around and to know where you are, which is nice about that city. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo, there's no rhyme or reason for a lot of the streets. But, yeah, so like with Kyoto, pretty much like everything there <laughs> for first timers, just do everything. Um, I know that's not very helpful, but... Um, some like important points. Um, one of the you would have seen a million photos of these is the Fushimi Inari Shrine, the orange gates. They're all lined up. Everyone takes a photo of that. Very iconic. You definitely have like obviously, obviously you should get your picture there. It's great for Instagram, right? <laughs> it's great for Instagram. Go to the upper levels because um, the tourists. A lot of them get tired. And they don't go all the way to the top. So if you want the pictures, go to the top. Uh, the bottom is a nightmare right now. It is just wall to It feels like maybe at times more crowded than Disneyland. Like literally wall to wall people. It's it's insane because that used to be one of the less crowded places. But it's such a cool place. Go at the top. There's a spectacular view. Um, and actually, um, there's no closing time because it's a shrine. So if you go at night... Um, maybe it'll be less crowded. I don't know. Yeah, night or very early morning, like sunrise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like kind of like most things in life. Avoid late morning, early, and then in the afternoon because that's when most of the people are going to be out and about. So get up really early, stay up really late, one of the two, and then you can avoid a lot of the crowds. Um, then there's also um, the less traditional Japanese stuff uh the kyoto railway museum is there um i haven't actually done this and i want to do it next time i go but everyone that has gone it says it's it's quite excellent cool i did not know about that yeah like kyoto railway museum so if you're if you're into trains they have trains from all of, like from throughout the years and stuff bullet trains all that fun stuff so yeah it's it's an it's kind of nice that, like, if you're in Kyoto for a while, like, you know, three, four days or whatever, if you want kind of a break from all the traditional stuff, you can go see the trains. Why not? Um, then there's the key. I can never it, wait, say wait. I word. think you're going to say my favorite one. The Kiyomizu Dera. Yes. That's my favorite Ki- temple. Kiyomizu Dera. I love it. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, especially in the autumn time or in the springtime. It's so freaking cool. Go there no matter what. I know it's crazy crowded now because everywhere in Kyoto is crazy crowded, but it's just spectacular. Yeah, it's it's worth it. It definitely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And then there's also the Higashiyama, which is near Kyoto. I cannot. I can't. I can't Kiyo say Mizudera. this. Kiyo Mizu Dera. I have it written in English. I think that's the problem. I like. I have a, a hard time pronouncing long Japanese words if they're in English characters. 
because I try to read it like the English way. And anyway, that's like a sidebar. <laughs> um, and then there's also the Kin, Kinkakuji, yeah. the gold temple. And Ginkakuji too. That's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Arashiyama is cool too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also bamboo and cafes and stuff. Who doesn't love bamboo? <laughs> Come on. Um, and then there's also the um, Ryoanji Temple. Yeah, that's well. spectacular. And that, I, I think, tends to be less crowded, surprisingly, mm. for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I haven't been to Kyoto in a few years, so... It, be interesting to go back to just see how it's, crowded it's, it is. It's really intense right now, Chris. Mm. I would probably avoid it for a while. <laughs> I don't know. I, and and it, it's to the point now where there's so there's so much overflow of tourists that it goes into the the residential areas and it's causing a lot of problems for residential people. Like we went to, um, we just talked about it. What was it? The place with all the the Fujimi uh, Fushimi Inari Jinja, right? Fusha, mm-hmm. Fushimi Inari Shrine and um, the people coming down from the shrine were going into the residential areas there's this woman with a baby on her bike who was trying to get home from kindergarten uh, from the and she could not get through the crowd and I was I was like stressing out for her you know and it's just like it's like a nightmare right now I don't know what they're going to do about it like if there if there is a way they could impose a limit on who's going into the area at what time or what but it is just insane and it's going to get worse as Olympics gets closer. Yeah, hopefully they'll hopefully they'll come up with something. Yeah. Something. And of course, there's there, there's tons more to do in Kyoto. Um, we could be here for days talking all about it. But you know, the, these are some of the the highlights, the highlights for Kyoto. Um, and then, of course, if you're going to Kyoto, you should head over to Osaka as well. Osaka is like a. Osaka likes to refer to itself as the anti-capital. Osaka's pretty cool. Yeah, Osaka's Osaka's very laid back. Tokyo is very, I don't want to say uptight, but everyone takes things very seriously. Whereas Osaka, everyone's like, eh, whatever, who cares? Osaka people will mess around with you. They'll play with you. If you you go up to them, if you like, if you hold up a banana to them, you go, bang, they'll pretend like they're shot. Like in Tokyo, that would never happen, <laughs> you know. Like Osaka so, people yeah, like are really a, fun people. Like a good, like a good way to compare it. Like in Tokyo, if you're on the train, everyone's very quiet for the most part. No one talks. But if you're in Osaka, you know people aren't afraid to strike up a conversation with you, or you know just be very very friendly. So like that's like that's the very the 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 big difference between the two cities. Um, of course, Osaka is you know a lot smaller than Tokyo, really, but yeah. there's a lot there's a lot to do in Osaka, and Osaka is also known as Japan's kitchen. It's a lot of good food. The amount of good food, like Tokyo has good food, but Osaka has good food and cheap food because people in Osaka are very particular about their food and they don't want to pay a lot of money, so the restaurants reflect that. Food is actually cheaper in Osaka. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, you can go into these like little hole in the wall places. Like I've gone to many just random restaurants that I don't even remember where I went, but I just went in and we had like okonomiyaki or something. And just like, it was delicious and it was dirt cheap. 
Um, so if you're if you're a foodie, you definitely have to have Osaka on your list. And eat all the food, all the different kinds of foods that you find. Make sure you eat takoyaki because that's where it comes from. Of course. Which is the the, the little octopus balls. <laughs> that sounds really bad. The little <laughs> octopus baked into the dough that are shaped as balls. <laughs> that still didn't sound good. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, of course, Osaka is home to Universal Studios Japan, which we've talked about before. You need to go there, of course. A new amazing nighttime parade that's starting. Yeah, you got to go check that out. Um, There's the Osaka Castle, which is really cool, by the way. I recently went to it again, Mm -hmm. and they've restored a lot. Like it's that castle has been burnt and rebuilt and burnt down and rebuilt so many times. (laughs) (laughs) They're like that. That it has a very interesting history. So if you're really into that. I definitely recommend taking the time to go through the history of Osaka Castle. Um, they have everything there. It's in Japanese and English. Um, so it's, it's it's a very fascinating history for that castle. But you, you can go inside and they've restored the inside. So it's kind of like there's an elevator inside it, <laughs> of all things. Um, it's nice. And there's also like... Um, shops and stuff uh, in uh, on the castle grounds and things. So definitely do Osaka Castle. Um, then there's the Shin Seikai, which is like the old part of Osaka. Oh yeah. Which has like which has the um, there's like a a, a a tower. Like it's it pales in comparison in terms of height compared to like the Tokyo Sky Tree. It's cute though. It's a cute it's a cute little tower. It's cute and you get to go up top and you can see the city, the city skyline and everything. It's it, it's fun. And it's like it's an older area, so there's like these all these old shops and restaurants. Like you get a feel for like really old Japan. And it's really colorful. Yeah, like it's just the color palette is just kind of it's not like it's not overwhelming like Tokyo like Tokyo is all like neon lights everything's loud but like this area is like it's colorful but it's not overwhelming Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense what's really cool is that um when they made it um actually the southern half was designed with like New York as a model and then Mm -hmm. the northern half with Paris as a model (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that yeah is that not kind of weird that is weird, but it's Japan and nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> that is really cool, though. It's really cool. So, I mean, definitely the Jushin Sekai, Sekai, which means like New World in English, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's a really neat place to go. And make sure you try the um, Kushia uh, oh, skewers. Yes. All of it. Eat Get all the different the skewers. skewer food. Because Osaka is really well, again, well known for skewers. And there's restaurants that have dirt cheap skewers. Like everything's deep fried. And then you dip it in sauce and you have it with beer or something or like a sake. And it's like, it's heaven. It's heaven on a stick. Like, seriously. It's one of my favorite Osaka. things to eat. Osaka's food is so good. Yeah. And then there's also the, there is the Umeda Sky Building which is this really tall building, really gorgeous. Um, the Osaka Aquarium. Where's the Glico building? The which one? The Glico building. Oh, that is in Umeda. Okay. 
the shopping area with the big, like, yeah, there's like a, a shopping area that's, you know, kind of like a little similar to like Shibuya in a way, mm-hmm. um, like lots of neon lights and signage and everything. And there's tons of restaurants and things to do there. Um, there's also a Don Quixote there that has a Ferris wheel oh. on the side of the building, if that makes any sense what? whatsoever. <laughs> it's really weird. So, and they just got it working like not that long ago because they installed it years ago, mm-hmm. but it never worked. So it just kind of sat there dormant. <laughs> oh my God. But then, and I, th- I, I don't know how recent, but it was rather recent the Ferris wheel started up again and it's like this weird capsule thing that you get in and it just goes up in a Ferris wheel. But the Ferris wheel is not like a traditional circle. Mm-hmm. It's more like a cylinder shaped. What? <laughs> it's really weird, but it's a Ferris, kind of a Ferris wheel. I want to go on now. On the side of a Don Quixote. And like the, for those that don't know, Don Quixote is the um, like discount store, kind of like a discount Walmart that sells practically everything under the sun. It's probably a good way to ex- explain it. <laughs> um, r- really weird. Check it out. I didn't get a chance to do it last time. I want to do it next time for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, shopping districts, shopping areas, and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, Osaka. Osaka's a lot of fun. Very, like It's very... Very different from Tokyo. It's like so, so like, friendly. It's it, it's really fun. Like if you want to like go from Tokyo to Kyoto to Osaka, you're gonna get three different, oh, three very different experiences. Totally different vibes. Which is which is really cool. Like which is like you know it, it's kind of funny to think like you're traveling like not really all that far in the grand scheme of things, but everything is just so starkly different, which I think is so cool. And then, of course, um, in Osaka, in that area, there's uh, you have Nara, where all the deer are. Everyone knows about the, the deer park and stuff. And then, of course, there's Hiroshima with the Atomic Bomb Museum, which I recommend everyone should go to. Mm-hmm. It's it's very somber, but it's kind of humbling in a way. It's one of the, it's it, again, it's one of those things. It's a very different experience. It's, you should go at least one time in your life. I think if you're a human yeah. being. Yeah, I think everybody needs to experience the atomic bomb museum oh my goodness man we like we haven't even, like scratched the surface of like what to do in japan like these are just like the highlights I mean, this is like kind of like the main and, main points right yeah and like these highlights probably aren't even the highlights there's even more that you could be doing oh for sure um but yeah first time in japan that's probably like, that's like the most common pattern that i've noticed people do mm-hmm they go to Tokyo, Kyoto, and Osaka. And that's usually good enough. Like, that's usually enough time to do in two weeks. Yeah. So that's, like, that's the most typical itinerary that people do. Fly into Tokyo, take the Shinkansen to Kyoto, spend time in Kyoto, um, and then go to Osaka. Maybe use Osaka as your hub, or maybe Kyoto as your hub. Depends on your itinerary. Because from those two cities, you can easily travel to other parts nearby like not on Hiroshima like as day trips so yeah that's uh pretty much Japan in a nutshell for first timers of course like we completely ignored the northern part of Japan like Hokkaido um 
and like you know like the Utsin or southern part Tochigi as area. well like Okinawa yeah down Fuka. south yeah Okinawa Fukuoka like all like we missed all those places but we'll we'll be here forever if we talk no, about man. it but we'll we can't cover we, the entire country it would take too long no, we <laughs> uh we'll talk about those places in, in another episode for sure um I'll put a link to all these areas that we talked about in the show notes so you can kind of go and not drive yourself crazy trying to write everything down. <laughs> um, let's talk really quickly about foods to try because I know we we kind of plugged our <laughs> our Patreon uh, bonus episode once already, so I'm not gonna I don't want to beat that too much, but uh, we did talk about like our favorite Japanese foods for half an hour. That's what we talked about. <laughs> um, but like, if you're coming to Japan, there's some foods that you just need to try if you're able to. If your diet allows you to, I guess. Um, at the top of the list, everyone is going to know this, or most people will. Ramen and sushi. Yes, you need to have it. Get all the ramen and the sushi. It's it's really hard to have bad ramen or sushi, unless you're really unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely have to have it here. Uh, tonkatsu, which is the breaded pork. I had some today. Delicious. I love tonkatsu. <laughs> And then, of course, we have the Japanese curry, which is also very good. Very different from Indian curry. Japanese curry is more sweet, not as spicy, unless you really want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) And it has different meats and and, uh, things in it. And then some of your personal favorite, I know, Trish. Monjayaki. um, Monjayaki. Okay. Monjayaki. I feel like most people are not going to try monjayaki because it's very local and you have to make it. But it's so delicious. We took some friends to go try it um, who were visiting last time for the when the anniversary was going on. And it's so, so yummy. Um, Okonomiyaki, I feel, is like a lot more um, tourist friendly and probably what a lot more tourists eat. Yeah, it's, it's easier to find. It's all, it also comes from like Hiroshima, Osaka area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's like Japanese pancake. It, it's normally what it's referred to as. Um, it has like noodles in it. With sauce and cabbage and pork usually and uh, little uh, bonito flakes. So yummy. And the bonito flakes look like they're dancing. Like it's, <laughs> it's um, uh, bonito flakes are the little like fish flakes, but they're like they're so thin that they look like they're dancing because of the heat. It's really funny. <laughs> and um, Hiroshima uh, style, the original style has noodles in it. Um, the Osaka style does not. As far as I know, unless sometimes it does, but usually it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then we have the shabu shabu. It's so good. I mean, it's meat. Which is, it's thin <laughs> slices of meat and you cook it in oil or like some kind of broth at your table. You get to choose your broth. There's all like different types of broths. So good. And you get like, and you can put like different sauces and spices on on the meat and everything. It's so good. So good. Um, shabu shabu. Sukiyaki, which we talked about in the beginning of the episode with Asakusa. Um, you mm. dip the meat in the broth, the sweet broth, and then in raw egg. Right? Uh, and they have that yep. at lots of different restaurants, but the most famous is Imahan, and the original restaurant for that is in Asakusa. Asaksa. <laughs> I can't talk. Asaksa. Asaksa. And uh, what else? Just sweets. Parf- Shaved ice. Shaved ice. Parfait. Which also is. Daifuku. Yeah, sh- 
Shaved ice is also referred to as um, kakigori, which is shaved ice with a different topping of some sort, usually um, a syrup, like fruity syrup of some of some sort. So good, especially in the summer. It is, it is a godsend <laughs> in the summer. It really it's so is. delicious. Um, so good. It's so simple, but it's so good. Um, and yeah, uh, you already mentioned the daifuku, which is like the pounded rice mochi. There's usually different flavors, and there's usually something inside of it, like a red bean paste or something. Really good. Um, parfaits. Um, Japan is famous for its parfaits. parfaits. They, yeah, their parfaits are so good. I had I had a parfait once that had an ice cream cone in it. Oh my god! <laughs> it had an upside down ice cream cone in it. <laughs> and if you go to if you go to tourist places, they'll have like crazy parfaits. You know, like at Sky Tree, they might have like a Sky Tree parfait, which is like ginormous. You know what I mean? So like, or a fancy parfait is like at Sembikia in Ginza, like we talked about before. Uh, crepes, uh, like like you mentioned for Harajuku, right? Crepes, yeah. Ugh. And also like. Uh, Japanese snacks like the uh, rice cakes, the se- senbi, senbei. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the rice, so the rice good. snacks. Those are really good. The different flavors. They'll come in like soy sauce or salt or seaweed wrapped in seaweed or all, like all these different flavors. Really good. Easy to find. You can get them at pretty much any convenience store or any grocery store. They'll carry them. Um, I think we mentioned this, but I'm going to mention it again. Like. Any mall or department store, go to the basement because that's where all the food is. It's it's a treasure trove. Yeah, like you'll be down there for, for days, literally days. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much good food down there, like bento boxes, which are the little lunches, like different types of the, – there's so many different types of bento boxes. Like whatever you can think of, they probably have it, like fried chicken or sushi or beef on rice or a bunch of different stuff. Um, and then <laughs> oddly enough, you should, I know this is, some people are probably going to turn up their nose when I say this, but you have to try McDonald's at least once here, at least once. Mm. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm, I'm standing by that one. Try to just, just try it once. Yeah. i know you like you and i've lived here long enough it's like whatever but i feel like the mcdonald's here is not usually not too different from like the u.s mcdonald's i find like i can't speak for the u.s but for canada the quality here is so the quality is better yeah for sure like if you want like a quality mcdonald's meal you're gonna get it here in japan and uh, they always have like the weird like special burgers or something like that that's going on or like special milkshakes and whatever so you can get like you know try something weird like that there's so much good Uh, cheap food here though oh there is yeah for sure like i'm not disagreeing with that but you know sometimes you just want something you want mcdonald's whatever i'm not gonna judge i'm not gonna judge (sighs) so yeah first timers to japan that was a lot (laughs) went a little bit longer than uh thought we would First timers have a lot to consider before they come. You need to well, you need to consider what you like, um, what kind of like a balance to your trip do you want? You know, like a, mm-hmm. a mix of modern and new, a mix of like more historical, a mix of like like what do you want to do? You know, and and once you consider that, then you can start like cutting things out to kind of fit your schedule, right? Yeah. 
I highly recommend reading japan-guide.com. They have like they're probably the most comprehensive website out there with everything about Japan. Like all the different areas and everything. Um so that's what I use when I'm researching and I also I refer to Lonely Planet books a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I know like some people don't like Lonely Planet but um I like it just because it's just kind of like straight up facts and sometimes I like that. Um because, like, you know, there, there's tons of blogs out there, you know, ours being one of them. Um, a lot of blogs are very opinion-based. And sometimes I just want something that's just factual. Like, this is what this is. Okay, great. And then I can decide from there if I want it or not. Or want to do it or whatever like that. That's just how I plan anyway. Everyone's different, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there we go. So let's uh, move on to our listener question. Um, this has been asked quite a few times as well. How many days should we plan for a trip to Japan? Oh, man. I mean, it depends uh, on what you really want to depends. do and how long really you have, you know? Uh, the most common is 14 days. Yeah. Uh, that, and that, that, that kind of aligns with the JR Rail Pass as well, which we didn't even talk about. but Because um, the JR Rail Pass is like 7 days, 14 days, and 21 days. So 14 days is usually a pretty good balance. Um, I know it's, that's more than enough. Or I shouldn't say more than enough time, but it's enough time to kind of do like Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, and that kind of area. So 14 days is pretty typical. If you can do longer, definitely do longer. So then you're not like kind of rushing around. I know some people do it on seven days, but everyone that I've talked to that does it on seven days always say, I felt very rushed. I didn't have enough time. Yeah. I can I can see that. So if, if you if you are doing a seven day trip, you should probably just pick one area and stick to that mm-hmm. area. Don't try and go to other, these other places because you're just going to feel very rushed. Unless it's like a day trip, like really close to where you are. Like if you're in yeah. Tokyo and you go to Kamakura or or something like that. But other than that, yeah, no, it's it's just too yeah. crazy. Yeah, like if you're doing seven days, maybe make. Osaka, your home base for the seven days, and then you can travel to the other, like Kyoto, Nara, Hiroshima. Right. You can do like day trips that way. Um, but anything outside of that, you're going to be spend more time traveling than enjoying, mm-hmm. I find. So, again, it, it really depends on what you want to do and what your your budget is and how much time off you have and like where you're actually like where you're coming from because you have to take into account like time change and stuff right. too. So, like, if you're coming from Australia, well, you kind of, you have the benefit of only losing an hour or two. Like, it's not that bad. But if you're coming from, like, North America or Europe, you know, you're going to be losing a lot of time. So, but yeah, 14 days, usually pretty typical. Uh, pro tip, I was going to say park tip, but this is not a park <laughs> tip. <laughs> um, like, I guess it's, like, very general. That's more like a life thing, but, you know, kind of... It applies to Japan. The biggest tip, um, if you're ever in doubt, ask someone. Even if there's a language barrier, hand gestures really help. And people in Japan are very friendly for the most part. Like, most people are friendly. And they're more than happy to help you out, even if there's no way for you to really communicate. And um, people are... Also, mm-hmm. in, in Japan, there's uh, these things called police boxes or kobans. And they're everywhere. 
and um, they will they have maps. So if you're looking for something, they have a map and they can like show you where it is in the map and maybe like they'll, they'll like give you an idea where to go. So police boxes are also really, really helpful. Yeah. And like with the police boxes, hit or miss if they're going to speak English really depends on the area. Mm-hmm. don't really know. But but if you have like a, a Lonely Planet book or something like with phrases, most of those cover like things that you'll probably be asking anyway. So when in doubt, like you like use a phrase book and you're good. And you're good to go. Google Translate. That works too. Yep. Which also, you know, leads to funny conversations sometimes, <laughs> but hey, <laughs> it's fun. All right. So that's, that's it for our traveler tips for beginners to Japan thing. Uh, let us know what you got, what you all think of this episode. Um, I know we went a little bit longer than intended, but hey, it happens. So yeah, let it, let us know what you think. All right. Need to say thank you to some people uh, who contribute to our Patreon. I'll start this time. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Awesome. All right. So a big thank you to Bryson, Michael, Timothy, Carrie, Lewis. I always wanted to say Sharon, Lewis, and Bran. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> never mind. Uh, sorry. Uh, Carrie, Lewis, Lee, Benjamin, Sophie, and Mama Explorer. Aww. Thank you, Holly and Marie and Leanne and Kathy. Thank you, JP and Jane and Angela and Darren. Thank you to Alex and Claudia, Across Disney Girl, Clarie, Sarah, Amy, David, and Disney It Girl. Thanks to all of you. Thank you so much. And you do help keep the podcast running. So, yeah, thank you. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can send them to us. Contact at tdrexplorer.com. And make sure you tell everybody about us because we're here to help. And you can find us on our website, tdrexplorer.com. And we're also across all social media. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. All under TDR Explore. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, Chief Content Editor for TDR Explore, and I am the one who is eating at McDonald's getting judged for it. <laughs> <laughs> and and joining, as always, is the beautiful Patricia who is judging me for eating I at McDonald's. I am not judging you for eating at McDonald's. <laughs> I just don't think the McDonald's menu here is drastically different. Sometimes it used to be that they had more like really crazy stuff, but they kind of like eliminated a lot of it. But sometimes they'll do like the the menu, like the egg and stuff. But I just feel like it's not so different anymore. But they used to have more stuff. Okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) I like McDonald's too. (laughs) Hi, Trish. You can find me at Dream Sweets Love on Twitter and Instagram. I sometimes eat McDonald's. Some... (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Okay. You're off the hook. All right, but keep exploring um and especially if it's your first trip to japan you're gonna have so much fun and it's an adventure and you know eat what you want have fun all right um and we'll talk to you next time bye till next time explorers